Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're discussing the recently announced merger of Crowdox and Backerkit, the industry's two leading pledge management service providers. Helping us better understand what this means for creators and backers alike is Chandler Copenhaver, Director of Business Development, Sales, and Partnership at Crowdox. Chandler, welcome back to The Binge. Hey, thanks, man. It's good to a be here again. A regular contributor. I tell you, hey. I, I, I saw the announcement. I'm like, I know the guy I got to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun to be back. Yeah, I, we always have a good chat. Yeah, absolutely. So this was some pretty huge news uh, that was uh, kind of announced this week. It, it actually caught me off guard. I, I did not see this coming uh, at all. Uh, I guess most industries do have some consolidation. So I, I guess these kind of things are inevitable, but um, I think a lot of people were surprised. So I thought it would be great to have you kind of help us navigate um, just kind of what happened, what this merger means for the backers and, uh, and creators alike. Um, we have a lot of people who have uh, joined uh, this live. So uh, if any of them have questions for you specifically, uh, drop it in the chat box and we'll do our best to get to as many of them as we can. Um, but why don't we just start over, start uh, by saying kind of what led to the merger? Maybe we'll start there. Yeah. So it's a bit of a, um, it's interesting thing, right? Because when you're a competitor, which CrowdOx and BackerKit, we've competed directly. And um, really it's a, that, that means CrowdOx, we tried to come in and, and really start to take market share for BackerKit. So clearly for the last couple of years, um, you know, we're, we weren't exactly friends, right? And, uh, sure. you know, we, we had all the, all the talking points of what we thought about one another, um, which, you know, is, is mostly fabricated, right? When you don't know someone, you, you don't know another company, you, you do tend to kind of create these preconceived notions. And, uh, and we certainly were in that, in that position, right? So we're in a position of like, Hey, we respect them a lot. And I'll just tell you, like, we both respected each other incredibly, you know, a lot, meaning both were, we never spoke poorly of each other. Like sure. they were a, a, a very respected competitor for CrowdOx and vice versa. Um, both were very honest in their dealings. Like, you know, we, th there was no real like major issues in those senses. Um, but, you know, naturally you get that little, like look across the room and like, you know, like stare down kind of thing going, a <laughs> little showdown. And uh, it was real, real. And, but, you know, it was interesting uh, kind of a way to like something I think about when I'm thinking about this is, is at Gen Con, I believe it was two years ago, yeah. um, you know, backer kit team was over on one side of the room. CrowdOx team was over on the other side of the room, which was mostly me and, and uh, Jackson, my one of my other uh, sales guys. And we, um, you know, the whole glaring across the room thing was real. And yeah. it took us uh, till almost the end of the convention to eventually just walk over and be like, okay, look, like, you know, shake hands, like, let's recognize each other. Let's talk. You know, I gave them a CrowdOx pin. They gave us a backer kit pin, you know, kind of broke yeah. bread together. And actually from there, like the, the, the tension was broken. And actually we realized that uh, both sides were real people and like, oh, they're real people. Like, <laughs> so we could make friends, we could talk, we could communicate. And I think that's really kind of the genesis. I mean, that specifically wasn't the genesis, but that's kind of what uh, has started this interaction is like, just us realizing like who they are as a company and getting to know their core values as a company and how, how many parallels there were. And so there, that was a big aspect of it. And the other aspect is, you know, as we really look at, I compare it a lot to, um, 
what it's like to be a board game designer, right? Like when yeah. you want to create a board game and uh, you're like, cool, I want to make this game. You don't usually recognize how much business there is outside and around the making of the game, right? Yeah. And uh, you, you, you go out and self-publish. There's a lot that goes into that. Like it is no easy task. And there's a, a heck of a lot of activities and things to do that are outside of, you know, necess your necessarily or your uh, your skill set or your your area of interest, and I think that is that played a small piece as, as a part of this as well. Like we all really wanted to just focus on what we uh, and hone in on what we're good at, and uh, this is allowing all of us collectively to do so. And so uh, you know, it's a really good thing. We're pretty excited about it. So just to clarify, because I want to make sure I understand. So did Backerkit acquire CrowdOx, or was it like a swapping of shares between the two companies, or? Like, did one acquire the other? Is that basically what happened? Yeah. So, Backerkit, uh, we, we, you know, they came to us and they had some thoughts and some ideas, and we got to know them. Um, they essentially said, you know, let, let's let's join forces. And what that means is, yes. So, CrowdOx is uh, in effect of being, uh, you know, in a sense, purchased uh, by the Backerkit team, but it's all of our team is joining the backer kit team. So even the owners. Our, yeah. yeah, even our owners. And okay. Nathan um, Nathan and Aaron are two original co-founders um, who are also our software developers. They're the ones that, that uh, made CrowdOx and made the, the beautiful tool that we have. Um, you know, they're transitioning over to the company just like I am. I'm moving over uh, to work with, with Backerkit and uh, as, a, as a member of the team, um, Nathan and Aaron are moving into, you know, running and kind of heading over all of the product, the software. Sure. Um, and, uh, and so they're we're really the big emphasis on that is that we want to have one banner, one shared banner, which Backerkit does have a much bigger um reach and reputation in fact sure. to the point that we, when we were trying to compete we realized like these guys kind of have like the kleenex of like the lego you know like yeah. kind of name name and uh, household name and and that was something we fought pretty hard up against and so um we're excited to kind of join as a part of that and you know part of that is just letting ego down i think you know just like that that has been our um maybe biggest hurdle is just to like realize like it's okay like our real objective and and the same objective that they have and and share in their company is to uh to serve creators and make sure they do so in the best way possible so we're going to be able to do that even more effectively as a combined team now as you know uh recently in the industry was announced that uh, GameFound uh has mm -hmm. who's a new you know kid on the block in terms of crowdfunding um never heard of pledge management software yeah i'm sure um <laughs> You know, and they announced that they are doing a, uh, basically they're creating their own crowdfunding platform as a kind of add on to their pledge management. So they've used yeah. their pledge management software as kind of the entry. They've announced that um, they're creating a, uh, like this crowdfunding platform, yeah. right? So this, mm -hmm. this platform is going to compete against Kickstarter and the timing I've heard from people, some people saying, uh, you know, this seems pretty coincidental or is it a coincidence that uh, this is being announced at this time or um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the timing is certainly coincidental because this has been something that uh, CrowdOx and Backerkit have been discussing for, for quite a while now. It's not something mm -hmm. brand new. Um, and so, uh, you know, while the announcement of it is is rather drastically new and, and you know, our speaking of about it is, is uh, you know, as of this last Monday, um, you know, we've been, it's kind of been a work in progress for a while. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of correlation necessarily. Uh, certainly there are other, other softwares, other tools doing similar things, um, to what CrowdOx and Backerkit were doing. Um, 
But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like our objective is pretty clear. It's, it's simply to just help uh, creators in, in any way possible. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, especially, you know, as, as you know, I'm pretty heavily invested and involved in the tabletop uh, space of that. But of course, for Crowdox and Backerkit, it was, you know, all Kickstarter, all Indiegogo, all, in fact, I could, you know, venture to say that it wasn't just Kickstarter that we've worked with anyway. It, it is been just crowdfunding in general. Uh, that was one thing I was I was thinking of when I saw this merger announcement as well. I thought, well, maybe they're going to take like one division will now now be exclusively focused on on board games, right? Has there been any discussion in that regard to kind of almost segment within your portfolio to say, look, we're going to have one team ultra focused on the board game industry, all the other non board game kickstarters and crowdfunding we'll, we'll put to the other team. Has there any been any thought in that regard or? No, no, the the actual plan is to essentially eventually consolidate all tools into one shared tool. Because in, in terms of like software development, it's a huge pain to try to have to like build two things at once that are simultaneously like uh, effective, right? right? You have to update both. You have to, you know, I'm not a developer, so I don't know the details of that. I just know working uh, kind of within the companies that uh, that it would be a massive amount of work. Internally, both of our companies already had kind of segmented a little bit. We have certain members of our teams that uh, that were focused on tabletop. Um, there, there's, there's some nuance and some kind of specifics that are really key to know in this particular aspect of the uh, you know, crowdfunding world, which is board games. And it's massive. I mean, there's more board games being launched than almost any other type of campaign. Uh, in terms of funds raised and whatnot, so it's a it's a pretty exciting thing for the uh, board game industry, clearly. But yeah, we moving forward, software wise, our yeah. intention is to continue to keep Crowdox open and Backerkit open. Um, at this point, they both run, uh, but as a part of the shared team, um, we're going to continue to work with creators that we've worked with for you know in some cases you know many years um, across many campaigns, and uh, so the software will continue to run and, and function for those people. Um, and in the meantime, our, our one of our sole purposes is to figure out like what people really loved about Crowdox, about Packerkit, and how yeah. can we bring the best of both together. And uh, so that's really our big emphasis. And so it's getting a lot of feedback, you know, seeing what can be done. How do we tweak the software? Um, there's a lot of work to do actually as a part of this because yeah. we're not wanting to leave anyone in a lurch. And so uh, really we anticipate that for this coming year, we'll still have lots of CrowdOx surveys going out. People will still see those. It's not going to stop all of a sudden. Um, but in about a year from now, you know, those will pretty much stop and we're going to see, uh, you know, kind of what that merged tool is and, and how that functions and, you know, how the pricing goes and things like that will kind of all sure. appear, uh, piece together in the coming months. Um, but for all creators, and this is just kind of more or less a shout out for anyone that is using the software and there's a little concerned about that, like, we're going to be keeping the software open for years to come because there's lots of backers that need to be fulfilled, right? Like yeah. we're not just going to shut down and people won't be able to complete that process. So um, well, it actually makes me think like, I know Crowdox, one of the reasons I think that you guys grew so fast and got to that number two position so quickly um, was that you were there for the little guy, right? A lot of these mm -hmm. small campaigns, which may have been too small for, you know, some of the other entities, um, I mean, you guys would take anybody as long as you could hit, you know, kind of that minimal threshold coming in and, uh, you know, your, your per backer, uh, fee, I mean, they're traded the, the same as, uh, as a large campaign. 
Have you been able to bring some of that culture over to Backerkit? Are you going to see some of that kind of influence, how kind of the mothership now uh, evolves and uh, adjusts? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a big thing that I'm personally involved with, right, yeah. is, is how do we look at uh, really helping this entire process for the creator's experience, right? Uh, one thing that's where we were successful. I, I don't know if it was necessarily that we were like intentionally reaching out for the big, the, the little guys. And I would actually say like, it, it sometimes was quite the opposite that both companies are looking at, you know, trying to make sure that we're serving all creators. Um, but when you have to make your focus and your emphasis, clearly it's on some of these repeat creators, people that do lots yeah. of campaigns that have successful campaigns. Um, both CrowdOx and Backerkit actually, you know, made an emphasis like that. Um, in fact, this is, some, this is something a lot of people don't know. CrowdOx actually was more expensive for the little guy than than hmm. Backerkit. Um, if you look at the the actual like breakdown of how pricing works, which we don't need to get into in specifics, but the the basically we had to implement a minimum charge per project, yeah. and that minimum charge meant that anyone with less than 700 backers had to pay us kind of a flat upfront cost that was almost right. always higher for the creator unless their game was like a hundred dollars. Like it depended a little bit on the like the average price point because we did a per backer fee but without yeah. getting into like the nitty gritties like it it wasn't by intent but it was more like okay we have to look at where our costs are and make sure we're not losing money every time we you know work with a particular project so yeah. crowdox actually implemented some minimums that backer kit has never actually had um so for the little campaigns uh backer kit actually works with probably 10 times more uh little projects than than crowdox ever did uh, a big difference there between, you know, maybe the approaches is that uh, I, I just, and I say I, cause I spent a lot of time at the conventions, but our team yeah. were just really invested in working with all creators. They came to us. We wanted to help them in any and every way possible. And, and that it very much is, uh, you know, it's now been a week. I can say I've been, a, a, you know, on a backer kit team member for a week now. And, uh, but I already get a very strong sense of the core values of, of how they run their company. And I've actually been very impressed and very excited about that general approach. I do know that when you scale something quickly, yeah, it gets difficult, right? And uh, we, we did the same thing with CrowdOx. They scaled much bigger and much more quickly. And so when you, when you scale quickly, you lose certain aspects as a company. You know, we had to be pretty nitty or, or what's the word? Uh, uh, Hyper-focused. Yeah. And, and we had to kind of rough it, right? Like yeah. we, we, we had to, you know, we got out there and tried to communicate and get to know everyone and make friends and, and that, and by the nature that nobody knew us. Right. So we had to be a yeah. lot more integrated in that way, I think, because uh, in backer kids case, like you just knew the name, you know, I literally have had people say to us, uh, talking about their CrowdOx survey, they're like, when my, when my backer kit goes out, you know, da, 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 da. I'm like, well, you know, it's called like, we're called CrowdOx. And we're like, yeah, I just thought that's what it's called. Like your backer kit, you <laughs> yeah. send out your backer kit. So anyway, um, it's, uh, it's something that um, I think is sort of a misconception in terms of like where the focus lies. However, I can say though, as I was starting to point out that yeah. when you scale a team quickly, I do know that it's very easy to start lose focus of certain things, right? Well, you're and, hungrier, yeah. right? So when you're the number two guy, right? And you're, and you're, mm -hmm. you're coming into an industry or you weren't, you didn't even start off as number two. You came into an industry that had mm -hmm. one, you know, massive uh, company and then all these little guys. And typically when you see a situation like that in any industry, 
it's not price that, uh, that gets you up to the next spot. Yeah. It's usually customer service, mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's an intense focus on serving the needs of your clients because that's, yeah. what's going to then foster the loyalty that you need to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. That's, what's going to foster that, uh, that referral from people saying, Hey, you should use this company. They're really great, man. A lot of real yeah. hands-on experience and so forth. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the goal is really to say, you know, how do we not lose that back to your point as you start to scale up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you, and just okay. sorry, just yeah. to really kind of quickly point on that because, like, yeah, when you scale, you, you everyone had to come through myself really to in order to work with CrowdOx, and so it was very easy to control how the feel was, what the approach was, and so when you have a bigger team, naturally there's going to be some changes, different personalities, different you know, different type of a thing. But what I do know is there is a joint intent and desire amongst both companies to really serve, you know, all creators and, and actually even more importantly, in my opinion, is serve the backer really, really well Yeah. so that the creator is happy because the happier the backer is, you know, the happier the creator is happy. We all are. So it, it's really a big emphasis for both companies. Yeah. I guess that's a good point, right? So if a backer is unhappy, they're kind of blaming the creator. They're not necessarily, you know, blaming the, uh, the pledge yeah. manager, right? They're going to blame the person mm-hmm. who ran the actual campaign. Correct. Um, and- and, and that's something that, that they do that, that uh, BackerKit does that CrowdOx hasn't been able to offer. We we haven't been able to offer a more broad broad scope of of backer responses like backer uh, service. Yeah. And they actually have a bigger scaled uh, department for that so that they can respond to backer inquiries and kind of support the creator in that. That's something that we did do, but it was like case by case, and it's something we had to charge more for. So that's yeah. actually something that we're pretty excited to be able to open up more. So there are some uh, some questions here in the lobby. One was uh, from uh, from Mike Bruner was saying, what "Was the feeling like when Anakin switches to the dark side?" Is that how it kind of felt <laughs> <laughs> when he joined the team? <laughs> uh, am I Anakin in this story? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at it that way, I guess. <laughs> was the Imperial March playing in the background when you got the call? Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, when you when you when you have an industry like this, where you have really kind of three key players now, fourth one obviously with GameFound quickly uh, gaining uh, steam, but I believe uh, BaggerKit and CrowdOx were the only two I think that had backend, at least a while back, uh, backend access to the to the Kickstarter actual platform. Is that still the case? Mm, uh, maybe describe a little bit more what you mean, like actual, like so, like, actual like integrations integration, with the yeah, Kickstarter. Yeah, with the Kickstarter uh, platform, right? Because uh, there's different layers, and I think that you have to kind of be approved as a kind of official. Yeah, there's different approaches of how that's yeah. done, but yeah, both both systems did have uh, kind of these deeper integrations, and yeah. I'm not aware of the others having those integrations. Um, I, I, you know. This was in part because we both, CrowdOx and, and BackerKit, both had a really strong relationship with Kickstarter. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, you know, they think that some people think that what we do is like kind of, uh, you know, counter against what they're doing. And that's not necessarily the case. We're not really worried about one way or another. What we're worried about is like, what does that creator need and what can we do to help that? So, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's going to be our continued focus. And what we're excited about with our shared resources and, you know, bigger team. I mean, CrowdOx went from a team of like eight to 12 people, if you think of some contractors and stuff, yep. uh, to, you know, a shared company now of like 50 people. Right. Um, and so it, it actually gives us a lot of resources to help in ways we couldn't help before. Um, you know, we were always enamored by and, and very jealous of the backer kit marketing programs that they'd put together, sure. some of the ways that they can help creators that we just couldn't. And, uh, and so now to be able to 
you know, also offer that to, to creators is something we're excited about. So usually in an industry where you have, um, you know, three, three, you know, primary, um, players, yeah, yeah. two of those three merge, like typically less, um, uh, competition in industry is not necessarily great for the consumer. What would you say to the, um, you know, the creators out there that may be concerned about that to say, gosh, you know, I had, you know, a few options here. Now I have a lot less options, right. With the two largest now merging, what would you say to them to kind of keep, keep them their confidence that, uh, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, so as a shared company, we're going to be able to provide more value across the board, more value than Backkit could alone and that Crowdox could alone, right? Mm-hmm. That by itself is something we're excited about. There's there's things that are in the future that we're really going to be working hard towards to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the amount of value that's produced is simply going to increase. Um, you know, I, I think maybe it's like comparable, uh, maybe that's not even a good comparison, but like, you know, uh, I often compared Crowdox sometimes to like Google, for example, like Google had a really clean interface. And in the same way, a lot of like tech things do merge together. It's kind of a natural part of that progression sometimes. Um, It's just the use of resources. And uh, Crowdox, most people don't know, like we've been grinding for years and it's it it, as as far as our team is concerned, we were at, you know, at our limit and we're doing really good. You know, Crowdox had a great year. Back had a great year. It's been really a busy year for both companies. Um, so it wasn't on, it's more on, not a necessity, but more of like, where do we want to go as we go along and, and what are our real like objectives? And so I'm excited that like, I get to reduce down certain like aspects of my workload to really key in on what I'm good at. And as well as like what, how I can best help creators, like interactions with creators is somewhere that I focus on and, and try to do a lot of, but I can only do so much of when I'm really, you know, you know, up to my eyes in, in certain types of activities. So, and I think it's the same for our software team and, you know, everyone else, like they get to really key in on what they, the best way they can help. So certainly with a larger team and people integrating over, and I see what, there's a question in the lobby here, just uh, someone was asking if there was any downsizing or was there more kind of opportunities to even bring more staff in uh, with this merger from mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm hearing you say is there was no downsizing. Uh, the team just, the two teams came together, right? Yep. So our our entire team is is moving over. If you've been you know using Crowdox, you're going to work with the same people, and I'm still there. You know, a lot of our customer service team is still there. Our development team. Um, we Backerkit in general is still hiring. That if you look at their careers page on the website, in fact, it just came up in a company meeting today. Um, yeah. And so yeah, there's there's still opportunities um, with that. You know, as as the company grows, that. Uh, We'll be able to do more and more. And, and I think the marketing service, the launch program, which the launch program is pretty cool, but the, all of those things, uh, you know, just expanding our capacity to help more in different areas. Right. And that's kind of to answer your other question a little yeah. bit, even more detail, like competition, elimination of competition is, yeah. is, you know, competition's healthy. We, like we talked about, that's what got Crowdox to where it was. And, and the, you know, there's a healthy element to that and it won't go away. We're not anticipating there to be, you know, or it's not, you know, we're not the only player and, and there's, we're not the only ones considering or, uh, these needs. Um, but what we can do now for other needs that stand in the front and in the back of crowd, the crowdfunding experience, you know, there's a lot that goes yeah. on before you even launch that campaign. That is a lot of work. And so we've already started to help in that area. There's a lot of things that happen after the fact when you're fulfilling, or even when you're later on needing to sell product, um, 
that you have access of, right? Like there, there's a lot of like specific things that we can help with that uh, in the coming years. Is there anything specifically that Backerkit has other than the people um, and obviously the, the client base that you guys brought with you? Is there anything that they're going to now adopt into their system? Like, is there any of the software or any of the tools you guys are using that is something they weren't necessarily doing that they're now going to adapt to help make kind of the overall, uh, you know, merged offering that much better? Yeah, definitely. But I don't know what, and that's because it's a determination based on one, like I was saying, the kind of the Mm. feedback that we get. um, And, and two, you know, we need to also assess like, what's logical. Do we keep this and, and, and have this fit in here? Like there's a lot of aspects that we know on a feature set as well as a user experience, both of which are going to be really clearly looked at. Uh, if there are any, you know, people that we've worked with that are listening and and would have feedback, we any and all of that is something that we're really, um, you know, looking for right now. Um, we've got Philip in the lobby just asking if you can tell us a little bit more about the objectives uh, after the merge. So you kind of alluded to some objectives you guys are targeting. What are some of those things that you guys kind of have, you know, kind of your top three things you guys want to yeah. One of the first things that we just need to, I mean, first off, it's just stabilization. We need to kind of, you know, you, yeah. when this kind of a change happens, it's a big deal to our entire company and to their company. And it's, you know, a lot of new processes are in place. So it's, a lot of it's internal um, objectives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is, uh, there's some external objectives, like, you know, making sure like a big thing that I'm focused on right now, like 100% of my day to day is interacting and communicating with all of the people that I've worked with. And yeah. There's a lot of people I haven't talked to yet that I'm like, man, I just need to chat with them. Like, I, I, I want to make sure people don't feel afraid or concerned because that's a natural reaction to this kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, everything is remaining the same, you know, and, and, and for a good amount of time too. It's not, it's not changing on a dime. And so that's something where I'm message I'm trying to get across really well. Yeah, transition is always easier than just flicking a switch, right? You just try to flick yeah. a switch. That's when you lose people. And I oh, think yeah. everybody's got experience with this. Facebook, mm-hmm. one example of that. <laughs> they just cram through a change and everyone's just right. pulling out. So it's good if you can kind of, it sounds like you guys are going to make this a very soft kind of transition from yep. um, kind of the way you're doing things at CrowdOx over to Backer Kit. What are some of the immediate changes you're going to see? So for instance, we noticed, you know, if I go on the CrowdOx website, right, the, mm-hmm. there's a price page, which is yep. changed, right? Now it says mm-hmm. call for a quote, which I think is one of the things that used to be also on the, the Backer Kit site. Are you guys switching immediately over to the backer kit pricing or is there like a transitionary period there as well? Or how is that going to work? Yeah, we want to talk to people one because um, it's not, we, we are trying to transition a little bit to a, a joint pricing. So as far as pricing is concerned, a couple of months from now, there will be an announcement uh, that will give like what we're planning to do. We needed to get the whole team together and talk it out, right? Because we yeah. do want to rationalize the pricing as much as we can. So why people like the CrowdOx pricing is it's like, okay, it's rationalized. I know that it's this per this and and, and, and there's kind of some connection there. And so we mm-hmm. do know that there's some changes we need to and want to make in that area. Um, I can't say that it's necessarily going to be uh, you know, as, a, as aggressively affordable or as cheap as maybe we made it when we were competing and yeah. mostly it's because we had a small team that was 100% remote, right? Like yeah. we, we now are a much larger shared team, but it doesn't mean that that is going to spread a cost on everyone either. It's not going to be enormously more expensive. Um, and so we, we want everyone to feel confident, comfortable in the fact that no change is happening rapidly. And as we kind of get to those gradual steps, like we're going to continue to communicate that really well. 
So what I mean, one of the questions I had when I was kind of thinking of this merge as well is I was wondering if, you know, if any of the Crowdox identity is going to continue on kind of like a year from now when you guys do the final kind of, you know, harmonizing of everything. Mm -hmm. Is there any of those branding elements that Packer Kit plans to kind of adopt or is it just going to kind of get jettisoned and then they'll take kind of the best, best of the Crowdox world, but it'll just fall under kind of the Packer Kit brand? Yeah, it. I mean, it definitely is all under the backer kit banner, but that yeah. doesn't mean that the, the Crowdox portion. I I have this is all opinion. Like, there's no yeah. discussion on this sure, yet yeah, yeah, because yeah. we're still figuring a lot of things out. But my opinion is it'd be cool to keep the ox around, right? And <laughs> and you know have hit the ox, you know, climbing up the hill, maybe? associated. Yeah, I've seen a couple. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I've already seen some like fan art of that. Um, but you, you, we definitely want to. You know, it'd be fun to retain some aspects of that and and what's kind of cool about this whole thing is like both Crowdox and backer kit, like I said, there's parallel and there's a lot of shared things. Both companies were actually started by two people. Both companies have two co-founders and both of them started out cause they both ran a Kickstarter, right? Crowdox and backer kit, you know, the, the origin or the Genesis was like, they made a Kickstarter. It was really hard. Realized there was a huge pain point went yeah. after to figure out how to solve it. And, uh, and so that whole, like there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of pride and emotion attached to those, those stories and that Genesis. And so Mm -hmm. I do think that we will see some retention of, of, of that, uh, in the long haul. One thing that, um, I was wondering if you guys are worried about. So on one hand, you know, you got the high fives, right? It was like, okay, you know, we're one big family. Let's get the big family hug going here. You know, we're all one big team. But how quickly kind of do you look now to the sidelines and say, okay, did we just leave a hole that now someone else is going to jump in and start filling? Like if we sure. just created our own, our next big competitor uh, as a result of this merge, right? Because you often see that, you know, it's, it's yeah, almost, for sure. any industry, it's like, a, it's like an infinity symbol, right? You see consolidation and based on consolidation, a bunch of little small guys spring up, they get bigger, <laughs> bigger, bigger, eventually get consolidated and it kind of swings back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that something you guys discuss or is that uh, something you've got your eye on or? Oh, absolutely. And in fact, uh, we kind of anticipate and welcome that in a sense, right? Like, of course, we're not hoping that we get some big competitors, but it's the same reason why we, you know, this all happened. Like we know that, uh, that the, the, that it's a healthy thing and it's going to keep us just as scrappy and as aggressive at trying to make sure that we're not being, uh, you know, we're not being dumb. I was what I was going to say, but that's not very eloquent that we're just, we're, we're being as blind. best as we can yeah, be you're not being blind. blind right? is a good word. Yeah. Like we just really want to be, um, working hard and, and not getting lazy. Right. That's, I think the big thing is it, it's, it's easy to get content or lazy and, uh, we definitely don't want that to happen. Any plans to do your own? And I know this is kind of, there's probably no answers, but I'm going to ask it anyways, cause I know people have asked me, um, can you see Backer Kid eventually doing what GameFound has done and, and go and create their own crowdfunding platform as well? You know, it, it's not even like something that we're actively thinking about because it's it doesn't, our only objective and what we wake up and talk about, both teams did before merging and after merging is like, where, where are we offering value to the creators that run yeah. campaigns? And we are both very much connected to this Kickstarter ecosystem as all of us are, right? The yeah. people that are making the, especially in the board game industry, like Kickstarter is and has been something that has actually created this small micro economy, micro, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what's the word? The, the, ecosystem. Know, yeah. Ecosystem. That's the word. Like yeah. 
it doesn't exist in the same way that it would without Kickstarter. And so uh, not to say we know we know what's going to happen as we move forward, but we do know that it's always going to be to focus on how can we serve, you know, creators at the forefront. Fair enough. I got one last one here from, uh, from Rob McBride. So uh, I think it's more of a suggestion, but he was saying that, um, you know, the biggest difficulty for him is with creators having to swallow the, um, the 5% on the cost for shipping. So I guess right now it's kind of 5% over off of like all funds collected. And uh, I guess he's wondering, is there been any discussions on maybe looking at how that model is going to break it going forward? I mean, one assumption is you guys will just adopt backer kits model. Uh, another thing that could happen is you guys could look at your entire pricing model as a whole and, and try mm-hmm. to look for ways to uh, improve it for everyone, right? And that's the goal. We actually, what we're doing is trying to look at both of them. There's merits to both approaches and to figure out, you know, what parts we should keep and which parts, you know, we can get rid of. And that's, what's uh, kind of exciting because actually, you know, there is a misconception that Crowdox is always, you know, that Crowdox is the cheap option. It's not necessarily the case. Like I said, we just had the, we just could afford to be more aggressive than everyone else in terms yeah. of our pricing. You know, we could, we were a small team, all hundred percent remote right now. Everybody's remote in, in back because of COVID. Thank you very much. But it, yeah. uh, you know, but, it, but, but with a bigger team and stuff, you can't be, you know, cutting costs as much as we did. And we did that it was as an investment too. Like we probably lost money on a a number of projects. Like it wasn't a situation where we're just like hauling in the dough. It's a scenario where we were uh, investing in our future growth. And so we knew to get our name out there, we got to, you know, we got to work with some of these awesome campaigns, these awesome creators. That way that reputation continues to, you know, have momentum. And so uh, as far as pricing goes, I I don't want anyone to be overly concerned about that because we're going to try to take care of everyone and come up with a you know, pricing model that is something that everyone gets excited about. And to, you know, to add the cherry on top, like I mentioned before, like if we can bring more backers to campaigns as a part of the you know, promotional efforts, like yeah. that was a big emphasis that we're, that we're gonna be pushing forward. So if anybody has any uh, questions uh, that they you know, wanna send afterwards or they're looking for some clarity or maybe some things they've thought of where they're just saying, Hey, you know, how does, how's this going to impact this or that? How best do they reach out to you or where do they go for that information? So I, I am personally, I I absolutely love the direct interactions. Um, So a Facebook message, you shoot me a quick message, uh, Facebook uh, as well as email, email is just fine. But the Facebook sometimes is nice. We get to actually like have a chat, Um, but uh, you can send an email as well to Chandler at crowdox.com or Chandler at backerkit.com. I've got both now. It's a lot of fun to have two email inboxes, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, open to, to hear from anyone uh, to answer those questions. Cause there's a lot of specifics and I know there's concerns. Like I said, yeah. I know that people are, are concerned, especially if they've been using Crowdox for six years and you know, they've, they've done all these campaigns. I mean, we're very much aware of those people and, and doing our best to try to communicate with them. So if they reach out to me, it, it makes it a lot quicker for me to get a hold of them and help with those concerns. I appreciate that. Well, Chandler, you've always been a, uh, a very open to to you know communication with me. So you know, I can say uh, you know from my end, you know, you're a great uh, avenue uh, in terms of just getting answers and answers, quite frankly, quickly. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you, quite frankly, for the transparency you even showed in this uh, in this talk. I know some of these questions were uh, not necessarily easy questions, but I think they're questions people had, and I really appreciate you know your honesty and quite yeah. frankly in answering those. So. I want to wish you all the best in this new role. 
And with this, uh, it was this kind of marriage of the two companies. <laughs> and I'm sure it's just some amazing things coming forward. Thanks again for coming on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Thanks. All right. You take care. Cheers. Yeah, you too. See ya. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.